Maryland football lands a huge quarterback transfer. You are Locked On Turks, your daily podcast on the Maryland Turks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for 247 Sports and InsideMarylandSports.com and host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you for making us part of your day for all you everydayers making Locked On Terps part of every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Maryland football landed its biggest transfer in the portal since Talia Tungavaiola committed to the Terps from when he was at Alabama. The Terps landed MJ Morris, a humongous pickup. I really do think this is the biggest pickup in the portal that the Terps have had. And we've had some good players come through the portal over these last couple of years. I think it's I think it's showing that Coach Loxley every single year is using the portal a little bit get better, getting a little bit better at it because we're off to a hot start in the portal. We weren't off to this hot of a start in the portal right away like we are this year. Landing MJ Morris, which I'm sure all of you guys have heard the news, one of the biggest quarterbacks in the transfer portal, a guy that has a huge ceiling, a guy that's going to, I think, has a chance I think will be the quarterback one for the Terps. We'll talk about the QB room a little bit later overall in its overall landscape and what the overall picture of the QB room is. But we got to talk about this MJ Morris guy that we just landed from NC State. Like I said, Coach Loxley isn't playing around. They are rebuilding this roster. I think going into next year, We had a lot of question marks, and they're starting to get it filled out. We're starting to figure it out. Over these last couple of days, we've landed so many different players, and we even landed another commitment that nobody's talking about yesterday because it got overshadowed by MJ Morris. But I'm going to make sure to give the other commitment some love. But MJ Morris is definitely the topic of the day. Coach Loxley said, okay, this isn't going to be oh." one or two year thing where we go to two bowl games because we get to lead tongue of Viola and then the program goes back to being downhill and we can't really win games and we start to have a losing record and we're not going to go eight and five. We're not going to get to seven wins. We're not going to do that. No, we're going to continue to be able to get eight, seven, maybe nine wins and continue to improve this roster. We're going to use the portal. Even if we can't recruit as well as we want to, maybe we don't can't get some of the kids that we want to, but we're going to get those kids out the portal that are looking for new homes. And that's exactly what happened with MJ Morris. 6'2", 205, dual threat quarterback from NC State, and he has game experience. He actually has more game experience than anyone on this Terps quarterback roster who's going to be there next year. Obviously, he doesn't have more experience than Talia Tungviola. Nobody really in the country has more experience than Talia Tungviola, but he does have more experience than Billy Edwards. He has more game experience than Cameron Edge overall. He's played in some games at NC State, and a lot of people wanted him. 
LSU is a name that I kept hearing, kept seeing in the comment sections. Clearly, LSU definitely wanted um, MJ more. So beating out LSU for him, for MJ, is a big deal to me because we know what Brian Kelly is trying to build at LSU. And I think it kind of speaks to what our program is. I think MJ Morse saw what Talia Tonga Viola did and said, okay, he is the all-time Big Ten passing leader. There's a lot of guys on the outside next year for Maryland. Caden Prather, Ty Felton, all back. And, of course, we still have guys like Octavian Smith. And I'm sure that the Terps are going to continue to replenish in the wide receiver room too and other guys that are younger that are going to step up. I'm sure he saw that and was like, okay, I saw what they did with Talia. He has all these records. He did all these good things. He's maybe the best Maryland quarterback all time. And I think I can do a similar thing. I think I can go on a similar path. I like the offense. I like what they do. I like how they're going to be able to use my legs. I think that's what he said coming instead of going to maybe going to LSU and having to sit a year because they have another guy that's waiting in the wings after Jaden Daniels, even though Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman, he's going to go off to the NFL now, but they have another guy, so he probably would have had to sit. He said, I can come in and play and compete for the starting role right away at Maryland, and I'm sure that the staff said you that we think you're going to be a starter here. But even though he's young and still has three years of eligibility, which is a big deal, three years is a lot of years. This isn't like a one-year rental thing. This isn't like a Sam Hartman situation at Notre Dame, Sam Hartman going from Wake Forest to Notre Dame and Notre Dame only having one year with him and only one year to get used to Notre Dame and getting used to the system. MJ Morris has three years of eligibility. So if this guy is what Coach Loxley thinks he can become and does some of the talent that we've seen him do, throwing the football, running football, doing all those type of things that we've seen flashes of. Maybe we haven't seen the entire picture completely yet. He's had games, but he's also hasn't played in every game. We'll talk about that a little bit too. But if he can put it together and figure it out, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be to the full potential in year one, but by year two, if he's figured it out and as playing really good football, then we still have two years left with him even after year one. But overall, we'll have three years with this guy. So if he comes in fast and is already looking like a dude and looking like a potential all-Big Ten type of player, which is going to be really hard with USC coming in, you know they, they're going to have a good quarterback with Lincoln Riley over there and with Oregon coming in. You know, they had Bo Nix. Bo Nix was a Heisman candidate this year and was a favorite for a while until he lost the Penix in the um in the Pac-12 championship. So with those schools coming over, and you, of course you still have Ohio State, which is usually a quarterback factory, and you still have Michigan, and you still have Penn State. But if he can be in the competition to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten and we get him for three years, that's a huge deal because we looked at this – I looked at this offseason thinking about the topics I was going to talk about, and I, and a big topic of conversation was going to be, and it still is going to be, it was going to be, can the Terps still do it without Slea? Can we still be successful? And this guy has a chance to come in and start right away and still play at a super high level. Maybe he's not quite what Talia is, but I think he brings more, a little bit more of a talent, a little bit more of an upside, and he can do some things with his arm, a more powerful arm that Talia couldn't. Obviously, I'm not saying that like this guy is going to be better than Talia. Talia did some awesome things, but I think this guy has a chance to be 
a really good player. So if those three years of eligibility, if he really makes the most of it and is really a top-level quarterback and it works out, which these things don't always – some things these – um, sometimes these quarterback transfers or whatever transfer at any position in football, they fall through and they don't work out. And I'm not guaranteeing that it workouts, but if it, if it does and coach locks is able to figure it out with this guy and get this guy in the right offense and make plays suited to him and he feels comfortable overall. And he shows some of those flashes and those flashes become consistent at Maryland with three years of eligibility. He can really do some things. And that's a big reason why I think he's the biggest transfer since Talia uh, number one is because he's a quarterback transfer. Number two is because he's really talented and he's played some really good football, but also because he has three years of eligibility. But he played in nine games in two seasons. He's a redshirt sophomore. He passed for 1,367 passing yards in that time, 14 touchdowns to six interceptions in the nine starts that he has made um, since where seven of those were starts. Two of those were coming off the bench, but um, when he came off the bench his freshman year, he threw for three touchdowns in two games where he came off the bench. So we know he can do some things overall, but he made four starts this year. He beat Clemson, and I know Clemson had a down year, but it's still Clemson. It's still Dabo Sweeney. They still have a bunch of dudes on their team that are going to get drafted in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. They have a bunch of talent, and he was able to beat those guys at Clemson and Death Valley. He was able to beat Miami. So he went 3-1 and one as a starter overall this year. But a lot of people are talking about how he quit on his team because he decided that he didn't want to start anymore after they put him in after his fourth game because he wanted to keep his red shirt, which kind of makes sense. NC State's season, I guess, he, he just wanted to keep the red shirt. He wanted to have that extra year of eligibility, and he didn't want to waste it on that year. So a lot of people are talking about how he quit on his team, but he actually wasn't expected to play that this year really at all. He was expected to be the backup and be able to have that red shirt because they did bring in a quarterback transfer, NC State did, and Armstrong, the quarterback transfer from Virginia. So he didn't have, expect to have to come in and play or play as a sophomore. He expected to sit one more year, use his red shirt, and then still have three years of eligibility. But he's able to play in the four games and still keep that red shirt. So he's that's why he still has the three years of eligibility. But you'll see on social media that he like quit on his team and they'll be like, Will he quit on Maryland too? I don't think it was that. I think it was a business decision. I think it was a smart decision to make. I think his plan the whole year was to red shirt. So that's what he was going to do, but he was still able to play in those couple of games and get wins against Clemson and Miami. I mean, I mean, two programs in the ACC that are kind of up and down. Um, Clemson obviously is Clemson, and Miami is definitely up and down. But I still think those are big type of wins that he has overall. And now I think we have depth in the depth in the QB room that I want to talk about. I want to get more into this overall landscape of the QB room. What does adding MJ Morse mean for Billy Edwards and Cameron Edge? I will tell you that after this message from Prize Picks. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you could turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first time deposit. 
The Terps QB room is much deeper now with MJ Morris, but how exactly, what does this mean for Billy Edwards? What does this mean from Cameron Edge? So this quarterback room is really interesting now. I think it's in a good spot overall. I like where it's at. There was concerns with it just being Billy Edwards and Cameron Edge. We weren't exactly sure how that would shape up, and a lot of people thought that the Terps needed to add another quarterback. And I did think we would add another quarterback, but I wasn't thinking that it was going to be quite to the degree of MJ Morris where everyone's looking at him and being like, oh, yeah, this is a guy that can step into Maryland and play right away and do it with talent and do it with aggressiveness and do it at a really high level and at a and show some real talent, some real arm talent, some real leg talent. I think I didn't expect it to be a guy like this. I expect it to be more of a low-key, mellow type of a pickup where we're like, okay, it's going to be a three-way competition for the starting job, which I do kind of, I do think it will be. I do think Coach Loxley will say it's a three-way competition between Edge, MJ Morris, and Billy Edwards. But at the end of the day, they didn't bring this guy in to sit. They didn't bring this guy in to sit, and I promise you, he didn't commit without them, without them giving him the nod, being like, "Yeah, like we kind of expect you to be our starter next year." I don't know exactly how it works, but I feel like I have an idea of it. And they told him that they pretty much told him probably he was going to start. They probably said, "Yeah, like we we think that you have a high chance of starting here next year, even with our." current quarterback room because I'm sure that's the type of questions MJ has to ask he has to ask what is what do you how do you see these guys in your quarterback room because we expected I expected maybe Billy Edwards to really get an opportunity to start this year but now with MJ Morris they didn't bring this guy in to sit so I'm expecting MJ Morris to be the quarterback one and we're still in this season we still have a bowl game to play a bowl game to talk about we still have a game with Talia Tunga Viola but we have to talk about the overall landscape of it even though it's still so far away i i still think that i just don't see a world where like they bring this guy in and he doesn't start maybe like if he's not playing well i can see them taking him out but I really don't expect that to happen. I hope he plays well. But overall, they felt the need to bring in a guy like this at this high level. And I don't know exactly what Maryland had to do to bring in a guy like MJ Morris. We're not like the most flooded school with NIL money. We can't just like buy players and like give them a lot of money and say, come here. We don't quite have that as a Maryland football program. I mean, sure, there are opportunities for NIL at Maryland and that kind of stuff, but we're Far from one of the top schools in terms of that. So I'm guessing he came in here knowing he was probably going to start. So what does this mean for Cameron Edge and Billy Edwards overall? It's interesting because before I was looking at these two guys and I thought it was going to be, I knew it was going to be a competition between these two guys for the starting job if Maryland wasn't able to bring anyone in. Anyone in. And Billy Edwards and Cameron Edge are completely different players. We've seen Billy Edwards play. Billy Edwards played this year a lot in spots. He played in the short yardage. He's great at short yardage. He can. You saw it against Michigan. He had three touchdowns against Michigan. A backup quarterback, three rushing touchdowns against Michigan. That's unheard of because he was able to sneak it in. He's a big body guy. He's a really talented guy. He does have a pretty big arm, but he's not quite polished in terms of throwing the football. I don't think Billy Edwards is the most natural thrower of the football, but he does bring some talent in the run game. 
in terms of read option, in terms of QB power, in terms of all those type of different run schemes that that you can do with a running quarterback. He brings some of that that you didn't have much with Talia as much. You don't have you're not gonna have as much with Cameron Edge. Cameron Edge is more of your natural pocket passer. He can move a little bit for sure, but he's a natural thrower of the football. He can really let it rip. He made some big time throws in the spring game. I remember one to Tyree Chambers in the back of the end zone. I really impressive throw. Cameron Edge impressed me in the spring game overall. So you look at Billy Edwards, he's more of a dual threat. Billy Edwards can still make an impact on this team, even if he's not the starter. But the thing is, I think MJ Morris, I haven't been able to watch him as much as I want. I've watched him highlights and stuff, but I really want to watch the games that he started to really get an idea. I'll probably go back and rewatch those when I get time this weekend. But MJ Morris, he brings some of that dual threat that Billy Edwards brings. So... I don't know if we would need Billy Edwards in the game for those specific situations like a QB sneak. I think MJ Morris can do that. Or QB power, like I think MJ Morris or QB draw. I think MJ Morris can do that type of thing at 6-2 at dual threat with his dual threat capability, with some of his speed, with some of his power. So I'm looking at this quarterback room and I'm saying, I would be surprised, honestly, if one of them didn't transfer. Whether it's Cameron Edge or... Billy Edwards or both. I would be surprised if they did not transfer because I'm looking at MJ Morris and I'm saying, obviously you have confidence in yourself to win the starting job. And I do think it's going to be a competition next year for the starting job. And coach Loxley's definitely going to play into that. It's a competition, but overall, when we really look at it, it's important to be realistic with yourself. And if you're looking at yourself and you're Billy Edwards, are you going to start over this guy? I don't know. And he has to look at himself in the mirror. He has to talk to his family, his friends, whatever about it. And same with Cameron Edge. Because if MJ Morris wins the job, he's got three years left. So this isn't a guy who's coming in to just start for a day and like start for a year. Like I said, it's not a Sam Hartman at Notre Dame situation where even if you're like a young guy like Cameron Edge and it's like billing in a veteran, it's like, okay, another year where I can sit and learn behind someone. No, this guy has three years of eligibility left. So these guys won't play ever if this guy's a starter and he has no problems at all because he's the same. He's the same eligibility left that he has um, that Cameron Edge has left, and he has more eligibility than Billy Edwards. So the more and more I talk myself into it, one of them is transferring at least I think, and I don't want one of them to go because I think both of them have a chance to be really high level quarterbacks. But I think one or both of them are gone. And that's really going to hurt our quarterback room because you don't know what can happen. Maybe MJ comes in and he's not what we expect. I don't think that will happen, and I hope that doesn't happen. I think he's really talented. But who knows? Football is never linear. It's never exactly what you think. You never just get a quarterback and transfer portal. No, he's awesome, and it all works out. It's never that easy when it comes to football. So you don't know. So having more quarterbacks around is definitely a better thing for the room. It definitely makes it deeper overall. But overall, I'm, I, I, I'd am i be surprised if one of them didn't transfer. But how I see it now, I can't see MJ not starting. I can't see MJ not being the quarterback one. Kind of how the tone of everyone's talking about it and how people, what people are saying around the media and the media doesn't know much, but 
it's hard for me to believe they brought this guy in and he's not going to start. So it doesn't leave much room for Cameron Edge or Billy Edwards overall. But things can change. I don't know. Like I said, football's never linear. It's never what exactly what you think is going to happen. So we'll see what happens overall. But the Terps landed another transfer that nobody is really talking about. I'll tell you about him after this ad from FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. The Terps landed an offensive lineman commit that could really help the Terps next year in terms of on the offensive line. The Terps landed Josh Kaltenberger from Purdue. Nobody's talking about this because everybody's talking about MJ Morse. But I think this Josh guy has a chance to come in and start right away made seven starts and played four seasons at Purdue so this guy's a veteran guy he's going to be a really good depth guy but I think overall he could start but I think he's a good overall player to have when you're talking about the offensive line there's never you can never have too many players in there because we know they go down and Maryland was able to stay pretty healthy this year along the line obviously not completely 100% healthy that never really happened but it definitely could have been worse but you never want to have – you can never have too many of these guys on the offensive line. Solid veteran players that have played for four years, that have been in the weight room for four years. I think that's big because we know that you don't come into college football ready to play on the offensive line. It takes two to three years. It takes the longest time to develop those guys to play on the offensive line. It's very rare for people to come into a Power 5 program and physically be ready to play along the offensive line because those guys are – really strong technique is really hard to play on the line it's overall it's a it's a huge challenge it's a hard it's the hardest position to probably come in and play right away probably that and quarterback is really hard to come in and play but you even see freshman quarterback come in and play i'm not saying that's easier than coming in and playing offensive line but it takes a while to develop those type of guys so bring in a guy that, that has played four years at purdue has made seven starts and he's a smart kid, too. I want to highlight that. He's an academic All-American, so he's a really smart guy. He's not going to come in here making dumb decisions. He's going to do his work. He's going to do it at a high level, which I think is important for the Terps, for the culture. That's the type of culture that Coach Loxley is trying to bring. But he's 6'5", 300 pounds, so he's definitely been through the college program the college weight room at Purdue coming from another Big Ten program he's going to be used to the Big Ten this isn't like bringing in a guy from like the FCS or lower level D2 D like it's not like that he's been at Purdue he's played at that Big Ten level he's played against the same type of teams that we've played overall at his time at Purdue he's played against those Big Ten pass rusher and he also has versatility along the offensive line he's played everywhere he's played tackle he's played center he's played guard that's another really important thing because we know as injuries start to happen, the more versatility that you have along the offensive line, the better because you never know 
how it can go. You never know when you need someone to slide in that guard or how the offense line might rotate and change. You see some crazy graphics of how the season started with the offensive line and how it looks now. It can change a lot. But overall, I think this is a really solid pickup. He took five official visits. I couldn't find out what official visits he took because I was really interested to see what type of schools wanted him, but I couldn't find it. They didn't really have it anywhere, but I think he serves as a replacement for Mike Purcell or Eric Hare, so he'll either play center or guard, but we'll see what happens overall. Two huge commitments yesterday. I'm telling you guys, Coach Loxley's building through the portal. I didn't think we would be landing this many guys. We got Jalen Husky, a um last week and now we're moving on to getting this quarterback mj morris and to get the center from purdue so i think we're doing some really high level stuff i think adding adding mj morris and josh kallenberg kallenberger is a really big deal and i think coach loxley give credit to him he's building something here at maryland and he knows how to use the portal I'm excited to see who else we can get. I hope it's not. I hope we're not finished. And I'm excited to see what other 2024 commits we might have, too, that might come in with signing day coming in. But that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to Locked on Terps. Maryland football is definitely in the right direction. Of course, it's basketball season. Today was heavy on football just because of the big news. But we're talking mainly basketball now, so make sure you like and subscribe for that. But thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.